Well, good evening. It's really good to see you. It's really good to be here at Rosewood again. Um, every time when I uh, get an opportunity to preach these evenings, I like to just give you a little update of what, how we are doing and how our church in Ajax is going. And um, um, every time when I have to talk about my church, I, I, I get a little, um, how, how would I say that? I, I get all these joy out of sharing because uh, things are going really well thanks to our Heavenly Father who is taking care of us. Uh, since the beginning, since we started our church, that's what I, I felt, that step by step He's taking care of us. Uh, whatever need we had, He was always there and He always ma made a way to us. And uh, he, 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 he keeps uh, doing that. So we are thankful for Him. And um, even these days when um, we face certain challenges and problems and difficulties, there's, there's always a way. So thanks God for that. Uh, this morning we had a wonderful service. Um, <clears throat> we, were, uh, we had almost um, 90 people. And um, so that's, it looks like that's our, we are averaging between, I would say, anywhere between 80 and 110 and uh, sometimes I, I, I would say, you know, depending on the weather as a, as a joke, but it's, it really does affect um, how, how, how people come out. And I'm sure it's pretty, pretty much the same here. Uh, so we, uh, we are doing well. Um, the, our, our children's program is growing, uh, and we praise God for that. Um, now we are on a, on a regular basis. We have anywhere between 25 to 35 kids. And it's, it's, it's awesome, um, but it's also challenging that, you know, when you have that many kids, how do you teach them so all of them would get, you know, a good spiritual food because the, the age gap is just so big and you want to feed all of them, right? Because you want all of them to grow and get closer to our Heavenly Father. So we decided to now uh, use two rooms instead of one. So we have the younger ones in one room and then the older ones in the other one. So, uh, and then we face that, okay, we want to do that, but who's going to teach them, right? We had to double our, our teachers and uh, thank God that people stepped up, they stepped to the plate and they are willing to serve. So, um, I, and I just would like to encourage you to do the same thing. Maybe this is your church or you're coming from other church. If you have the opportunity to teach at a Sunday school or uh, for kids, it's, it's just really uh, awesome. And it's, it's, it's challenging to you, but it's going to be rewarding at the end of the day. So, yeah, so we are doing that. Uh, we, we had our... our um, uh, Halloween outreach uh, when we gave out 150 Bibles and 150 invitations to our church. We do this at uh, front of Pastor Arnie's house. It's, uh, it's always well attended and uh, she gives us electricity and we have some hot chocolate going so we don't freeze. And uh, it's always, we always have a lot of kids coming through and uh, it's just right down from our church. So we, we like to do that. You know, it's so amazing and crazy that something little as candy can bring in 150 kids to our, to our area and uh, we can just invite them to church. So we keep, we, we keep doing that. And, and there are many other things going on. And um, I don't want to pull you away from this church or from other church, but if for some reason you are not ending up coming here or to your church, come, us, come out and visit us, and you will see how God is working and in a miraculous ways in a movie theater, which seemed like so uh, 
like it seemed like a while ago that that would never happen and churches would use those areas. So anyhow, uh, we still, we are so thankful for your prayers. We are thankful for your support. And uh, especially I just would like to, uh, I'm pretty sure Pastor Nick this morning uh, was mentioning Pastor Jeremy, but um, he's really thankful for your prayers. He, he feels that God is with him and God is uh, blessing him be beyond his imagination because everything is just going so well with him. So he's thankful for you and for your prayers. So this evening we are going to uh, talk about service. And I titled my, my sermon this evening is that Stick With Service. Um, we live in, uh, in relationships with people around us. And when I am saying relationships, I'm not only talking about romantic relationship, but we have people around us, uh, our, our, our friends, our family members, uh, other church members. We are in many relationships as we live our lives. And uh, these relationships, as time goes on, they get, uh, they get some kind of problems, and sometimes they, they, they break down just because that's the way it is. When you start a relationship, everything is fine. I remember... Um, when, um, when I was in high school and uh, many of my friends started to date um, boys and girls, and uh, I was like, okay, let's go and hang out. And they never wanted to hang out with me after they started to date with someone else. And I was like, what's going on? Why you don't want to spend time with me? Why you always want to spend time with your girlfriend or, or if it was... Um, a girl, a boyfriend, and uh, it seemed just they, they were, you know, stuck together and they wanted to, to spend all their time together. And then after I, I got my uh, girlfriend later on, I understood, you know, the first time you start a relationship, everything is perfect. Everything is fine and everything is just purple and you just feel like you are in a bubble and you never want to get out of there and you want to spend every single second you can with that person. But as time goes on, problems start to rise. And as problems start to rise, it, it puts a pressure on the relationship you are in, right? And... Uh, and, and we have to be aware of that and you have to try your best to keep that relationship healthy. And even after the, the relationship uh, breaks, um, there are ways how we can fix that relationship. So my title today is Making Broken Relationships Stick with Service. And uh, on, the, on the right, you can see that I put it like glue. Um, every time I, I break something or you, you break something, um, there's always a question. Can I fix this item or should I just throw it out and get a new one? Where in certain situations, you can use a glue and uh, just you put two drops of glue and if, if, if that item was broken in a certain way, you can almost perfectly make it back together and it was like nothing happened before. And it's like magic. You have something which is broken and then you put two drops of, of glue on that thing and then if you place it together, that glue is so strong, you, it almost seems like nothing happened before. It's like magic. 
One day as I was driving on the highway, I saw there was a car in front of me, and uh, there was no shield, uh, uh, windshield at the back, like no glass. And that, that guy, he put tape all over the black, the, the back, this way, like four, 40 of them, and then, and then this way. And then that reminded me that there's always enough tape, right? You can always fix everything with either tape or glue. Well, obviously, this is just a joke because you cannot fix everything with tape or glue. But we wish, and I wish sometimes, and people wish, that we would have this magic glue which would help us to fix broken relationships. Well, we just don't have this magic glue. And uh, we, we cannot fix our broken relationships like this. But we have certain things we can use to fix them. And today, we are talking about service. When you serve one another, that will be beneficial for your relationship you are in. And we are going to talk about that in, in depth a little bit later. So what is true service? What is true service? And uh, for this, I'm going to talk about a little bit uh, about customer service. Let's say uh, you go into the restaurant or you go into the store, um, and um, customer service is really key these days, right? Because it really depends, uh, that can really make a huge impact on your decision if you would go back to that store or to that restaurant or not. You want uh, people to treat you well. You feel good when people are nice to you in the restaurants and in the stores. So good customer service is really key to today's business. But every time I go in and I see people are nice to you, I wonder, why are they nice to me? Are they really genuinely care about me? Or maybe there is another motive or other reason why they just really nice to us as they serve us. So as I was thinking about this, I think there are three reasons why at customer service people are nice to you or to you when you walk into these um, um, restaurants or stores. Well, first of all, they might be nice to you because that's where boss, what their boss told them to be. You know, if you are not nice to the customers, you're going to lose your job. And because of that fear, they just have to be nice to you. Number two is that they just really want your business. The only reason why they are nice to you and they are helpful to you because they want you to come, they want you to spend your money there. And at last but not at least, the third one, which is the best one, because when they are genuinely caring for you, they genuinely want to help you, and that's the best customer service you can get. When you go in somewhere, maybe to an auto shop or whatever, and, and they treat you well, they help you because they genuinely care about you and feel for you and want to bless you. And, these, and this kind of customer service you can usually get at smaller restaurants, at smaller stores where there's relationships, right? When you go back more often. And when we are talking about serving others, uh, serving people around us, this is the way how we have to function. This is the way how we have to serve to others around us. When you are in a relationship and it's, it's just uh, breaking down and you feel you know that you have to fix it and you know that you have to put more effort into it, you are trying to help that other person who you are in contact with. And if you're only helping that person for your interest, 
it's not going to be beneficial. But if you are serving that person because you want the best for that person, then that's going to make a big difference. It's always really important, what, what is your reason for being nice to that person who you are in relationship with? So when you are interacting with your parents, with your kids, with people around you at work or at church, and you are trying to fix a relationship, you have to be genuinely concerned about the other person, and you have to leave everything behind. Not your, uh, it's, it's not all about you, it's ab all about the other person. So we are talking about true service. How can we do this tr uh, true service, or how do we have energy or time for this? Well, on the next slide we can see that we have been freed, but this freedom is not for us ourselves, but so that we can serve others in love. Pastor Nick, a couple of weeks ago, at an evening in an evening service, he was talking about what is the paradox. The paradox is just something that doesn't make sense, something is not logical, something that you wouldn't expect, and this is a good example for that as well. When you are freed, then, and when you have freedom, you would think, and I would think, that, okay, with that freedom now, I can do whatever I want to do. I can spend all that freedom, all that free money, all that free energy on myself, right? Because now I am, I am fortunately, I am freed and I have freedom. But the Bible says something different. The Bible says that we are going to read that in a second in Galatians, that we have freedom, but not for ourselves, but use that freedom to serve others and bless others. Isn't that interesting? When we have freedom, we can use it to bless others. So on, on the next slide, uh, we can see Galatians 5. So if you have a Bible and if you would like to follow it, please open it up. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, 14, and, and uh, 15. And this is what the Bible says. Would you please stand as we read the word of the Lord? Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 to 15 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always beating, devouring one another, watch out. Be aware of destroying one another. Amen. You may be seated. So the first uh, point I would like to make is that the gospel and Jesus Christ frees us to serve others. And it's pretty much the same thing what was on the screen before. We have freedom through Jesus Christ. And we have freedom to serve others. And that's what we can read in Galatians 5.13. We are free, but what, what we are doing with that? That's the question. We are free, but what are we doing with this freedom? So the first thing we have to talk about is what are we freed from? Well, through Jesus Christ, we are freed from our sins, 
from the, guilt of, from the guilt of our sins and from the effect of our sin, which is going to be going to heaven. So through Jesus Christ, we are freed and we have freedom. So when you are sitting here this evening and when you believe in Jesus Christ, you should, be jo- you should have joy in your heart because you are free. And you have freedom f- uh, through Him. Isn't that something something amazing? Isn't that awesome that we have a God and we have Jesus Christ who frees you and frees up me? Is it just so, so amazing that we don't have to carry our sins on our shoulders, the guilt of our sin. You don't have to feel bad about it. And we know that we have a much better future because of Jesus Christ. And we can go to heaven through Him. And that should give you a sense of joy and a sense of being free through Jesus Christ. Now, we, uh, we said, okay, now we know that we are free. But what do you do with that? And now this is a question for you. What would you do if you would uh, allow to do whatever you wanted to do? What would be the first thing you would do if you, there would be no consequences and you could do whatever you wanted to do? Well, if I would ask this question, probably some of you would say I would probably go away on a vacation. I would enjoy my time down in the beach and just rest and take some time off. Some, some other people would say, oh, I would probably buy uh, some sports cars, something nice, something what is so expensive. Okay, I see people clapping at the back. I, I saw you. Okay, the ladies might buy some uh, purses, really expensive purses, right? No? Someone else would spend money on something else. But uh, when, when we are free to do whatever we want to do, we would usually do things what we are not al- allowed to do right now, right? Because we are just not allowed to do it for a while, and then when we have the opportunity and we are free to do whatever we want, we would just do it again. So here the Bible, it actually uh, talks about it, that we have to be careful after we are freed by Jesus Christ. And there's two things what I want to talk about. Here the Bible says that, uh, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. What does that mean? Satisfying our, our sinful nature means that we would, A, we would either go back to the same way as we were before we met Jesus Christ. We, it's just really easy for us, for our past to pull us back. And even after we experience the freedom through Jesus Christ, it's really easy to slide back and go back to the same way as we were before. Or the other things, what I was talking about, that now that you are free to do whatever, it's really easy for you to start something else, another bad habit, another sin. It's really easy to, for us to, to start in our lives. So it's, it's an issue, it's a problem. So you have to be careful because our sinful nature is just always there. Some other translation says uh, the flesh. That's what it's talking about. And the, and the flesh is a self-absorbed side of us that can grow like cancer. You know, 
Cancer is like one day it's not there, and then two weeks, a couple months later, it, it, it just appears and it starts to grow. And if it's, if it's growing and it, it, you can't even stop it sometimes, and you can't even get it out from your system. And, and, and our past is like that. You have to try really, really hard to get rid of it, because if you are not careful, you get to the point where it's going to spread so much that it's going to pull you back where you started your relationship uh, before Jesus Christ came in to be with you and, and uh, live with you. So watch out. And, um, and that's uh, how we live our lives. We have this inward focus. And uh, we have this inward focus of our sin nature. Not, it not only harms us, but also our relationships. All right? When we are focusing on ourselves, we kind of just looking at ourselves, and it doesn't allow us to have real community, real relationship, good and strong relationships with others around us. So we have to stop just looking at our own interest and start serving others. And then at last, uh, at this point, what I want to point out, that Christ's death and resurrection really changes the way we feel about others. When Christ comes down and, and we see his death and resurrection, it obviously changes everything, how we interacting with God. It, it repairs the relationship, what we have with God, because our relationship with God was broken. But because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it actually makes us feel different about others around us as well. So it impacts both. Not just our relationship with God, but our relationships with others. So, again, Christ's death and resurrection brings us freedom. And through that freedom, we can serve others. We can now love people, and we express that love through serving them. And this evening, I just would like to encourage you and remind you, use your freedom to serve others. Use your freedom to serve others. When you have this freedom, I don't want you to slide back and you do whatever your sinful nature wants, but use your energy, your time, your money to serve people around you because that's how you can fix broken relationships. Um, are you following me? Can, I, can you say yes? Amen. All right. On the next slide, I put a couple of questions for you. And I want you to think about these questions. We are in many, many different relationships as we live our lives. And as I said, many of them need some fixing. I want you to think about one of these relationships, what you, what you think is probably the worst or needs the most energy or the most repairing. And I want you to specifically think, okay, what is the problem in this relationship? What is the specific problem what I have to fix? And then, and then you have to set a goal. Okay, what would be my goal in this relationship? What, what would I like to see, let's say, down the road in two, three weeks of time? And then you have to think, okay, what resources do I need to, to make this happen? And what steps do I have to take to accomplish these goals? These are four really simple questions, but they can make a big difference as you are trying to improve your relationship with others around you. 
All right? What is the problem? What is the specific problem? Uh, what, what should be my goal? And uh, what resources I need? And how, what steps do I have to take? Four simple questions can make a huge difference in your, difference in your life. Now, I want uh, us to read Galatians 6, verse 1. It's in the next chapter. Galatians 6, verse 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if uh, another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So in this Bible verse, we can see that we can serve others by helping them to see their blind spot. And that's our next point. You can serve others by helping them to see their blind spots. And um, as, you are, uh, as you sit in your car and you are trying to set up your mirrors, no matter how hard and how specific and how, how good you are, no matter how you set up your mirrors, there will be always a spot you cannot see. And that's what we call blind spots. And in those blind spots, there are certain vehicles can hide there. And especially if they are smaller, like bicycles or a person with motorcycle. But sometimes even a car, if you are not paying attention, can be easily hidden there. So as you are making, uh, um, let's say you change a lane on the highway, that's why always you have to turn around and check your blind spot. But maybe sometimes you're just not paying attention, you are tired or whatever, and then you don't want to turn your head. And then uh, maybe somebody is sitting beside you and say, please, um, and you are trying to turn and you're not paying attention. And that person who is sitting beside you or behind you points out that there is someone in the lane. There is some, something in your blind spot. Now that person can save you a whole lot of money possibly an accident, uh, and a whole lot of other different things. So when someone points out that something is in your blind spot can be a huge help and a huge blessing on the road. Well, this is the same in our spiritual lives as we live as Christians. Many areas in our lives, what we don't see, we are not concerned about, but others around us can, can see them and can point them out to us because just they have a different viewpoint. They look at our lives in a totally different uh, view as we are looking at, and they can see the danger. They can see the problem. And as you are serving others, especially with, against serving those who you are in relationship with, you have to point these out. But I want you to warn you, and I want to tell, I want to focus on two words here in this verse. This is what it says. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should be gently... You should gently and humbly help that person. So these two words that I want to point out, gently and humbly. You really have to be gentle when you're pointing out a problem to someone else. And why? Well, guess what? We just don't like when people tell us that we are wrong, right? 
It's just, you really have to be gentle. You really have to find the perfect time, the perfect place, and the perfect way to communicate with that person. Because if you don't do that, you are just going to cause more problem. Right? So you have to be gentle, and that means that you have to find the perfect time, the perfect way, and the perfect situation. And also, you have to be humble. You cannot point out a problem with the attitude is that, oh, I am better than you are. I see this problem, and you didn't see that thing. Because when you are not humble, again, the other person is not going to take your advice. So you have to be gentle and you have to be humble. These two things are really, really crucial when we are serving others and trying to make them a better person. And also, if the Bible says here, be careful because you can easily fall back into the same temptation as the other person. I always remember that I was at a, at a youth group way, way back when I used to be young, and uh, my youth pastor would uh, stand on a, on a chair and would ask me to go there and um, try to, and as we were just showing an example, a good, uh, I would say it was just a good example of what he was trying to teach. So he was standing on the chair, and I was standing on the floor, and he was trying to pull me up, and it was just really difficult. He was not able to pull me up to the chair because it's just hard. And then he told me, now pull me down. And I, I easily could pull him down from the chair, and after that he made a point. It's much easier, it was much easier for you to pull me down from the chair than for me to pull you up. And that's the same way as we live our spiritual life. It's much easier. We are trying to uh, bring up people. We are trying to build up others around us. And if you don't pay attention, they can easily drag you down. So be careful, be gentle, and be humble when you serve others and pointing out their blind spots. They see their harm. Uh, they don't see that they harm themselves. And uh, you need a lot of prayer. You need a lot of prayer when you are pointing out blind spots. You have to ask God to give you directions, guidance, and wisdom to how to go about it, especially if the problem is really, really big. So we are moving on now, and, uh, and we see on the next screen that strong relationships call for us to help carry loads. Strong when we are in, in strong relationships, it's awesome because we can carry the load together. And, and that's what we can read about in Galatians 6, verse 2 to 5. And I believe you can see that on the next screen. Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Be careful, attend. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of the job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Isn't that something? In these couple of verses, we see that we have to serve others by strengthening them. We have to try strengthening others around us. The Bible says here that you have to share each other's burden, and we have to just help. Obviously, when um, 
you know, when two of you are there and two, are, two of you are um, carrying the same load, it's going to be easier on that person. Really, really interesting. And I, what I, when I was reading this, it was a, a huge shock for me when I read this in verse 3. If you think, watch this, if you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Wow. Is it just something humbling, right? And uh, many times I think that we fell into this trap. We just think that, oh, um, but, and we wouldn't really necessarily think these in the same way, but, oh, we, someone else will have that person. Someone else will do it. Or, or I'm not really that close to that person. Or, you know what? The Bible says here that you are not that important. You always have to find a way to strengthen others around you. And it's just, that's what Jesus calls us to do. And it says, if you think you are too important, you are just fooling yourself. So don't fool yourself because you are not that important. And it goes both ways again. As you are helping someone else, that person can help you back. So how do we have the energy and the money and uh, the, the time to do this and strengthening others and serving others? And now I'm going back to the same spot where I started, that Jesus Christ freed us. So with this freedom, you have this extra energy. We have this extra strength we can use because we have been freed from the weight of our condemnation so we can carry the burdens of others. We can. We are able because of Jesus Christ, because of what He had done, and because He gives us extra strength, extra power to do that. So we can use our strength to carry the weight of others. But at the end, what, I, what is really important, and that's what the, the last verse says here, that the we are all responsible for our own load. That's what verse 5 says. For we are, all we are each responsible for our own conduct. Yes, you need to help to the other person. Yes, you are helped in many, many ways. But at the end of the, uh, the road, that's just the bottom line. Your sins, your own only, and you are responsible for them. On the next slide, this is what I would like to leave with. And uh, every time I hear the word serve, some, uh, sometimes I feel that it has a negative tone to it. Because when you are serving, you just think about, oh, I have to serve someone else. It's just so, it's just so much energy. It, it puts so much pressure on me. I have, to, I have to invest time and energy into the other person. I don't really want to serve others because it's not good. Well, I'm telling you something today. When you serve others, God is going to put a unique sense of joy in your heart, but you never felt before. When you are serving and strengthening others and blessing others and helping them, it's going to be a blessing to you. And I'm telling you, sometimes it's even a bigger blessing to you than you are to the other person. Isn't that crazy? God is just working in miraculous ways. And when you are blessing others, it will be actually a bigger blessing to you. So do it. And uh, I want to say, use your freedom to serve others because it will have, you will have a unique joy that comes in serving.
And at last but not least, on the next slide, we will see, again, how free areas where we can serve others in our family, in our church, and in our community. So you can, you can see, again, we, we, we are created to be in relationships. So we have many relationships, and all of them need some working. And uh, in your family in the church and community, fix those relationships. And um, the gospel freed us to do that. The gospel and Jesus Christ just brings us so much freedom that we are able to work on our relationships. Amen. This evening, we are going to have the opportunity to come to the Lord's table. And when we come to this table... What do we celebrate really? We celebrate and we remember the very things I was talking about. I was talking about that how Jesus brings us freedom. And we celebrate that how his death and resurrection brings us uh, a totally different relationship with God and with others around us. So when we have this juice and this little piece of bread, it reminds us the death of Jesus Christ, but it also reminds us that we have freedom through Jesus Christ because he washes away our sins. Because of his blood, we, don't, we are not like sinners in God's eyes anymore. So I want this table to be a place of celebration for you. I, I want you to think about the blessings and the freedom and the energy what these, these little uh, items brings to us and reminds us. And remember that we see Jesus Christ here who served us. He didn't see, uh, he didn't look at his own interest. He wanted to serve you. He wanted to serve me. So we see a Excellent example here how Jesus served us and how we have to serve now others by helping them, by strengthening them, by blessing them. So before you come here to the table, I'm going to read a part uh, from our manual, and this is what our manual says. The Lord himself ordained this holy sacrament. He commanded his disciples to partake of the bread and wine emblems of his broken body and shed blood. This is his table. The feast is for his disciples. Let all those who have with true repentance forsaken their sins and have believed in Christ unto salvation draw near and take these emblems and by faith partake of the life of Jesus Christ to your soul's comfort and joy. Let us remember that it is the memorial of the death and the passion of our Lord, Lord, also a token of his coming again. Let us not forget that we are one at one table with the Lord. You don't have to be a member of this particular church. You don't have to be a member of, uh, of a Nazarene church. Uh, but you are welcome at this table if you believe that Jesus Christ brought you freedom from your sins. If you believe that, you are welcome at this table, and you are welcome to come here and uh, take the, there are open cups with juice, 
and a little piece of bread in the middle, or you can find silk cups, which contains the juice and the bread at the top. And you can, uh, you can come, take the elements, return to your seats, wait until everyone is served, and we will partake the emblems together. So as the worship team uh, will start singing, please come forward, take the elements, and return to your